And we're back again for another 2021 season preview. And I'll tell you what, if you want to talk about a team that's had its ups and downs over the last few years, this is the club. It's the Adelaide Crows. And when you talk about the Crows, you want to get Adelaide's best. They're Adelaide's team. And so we've got the man who's in charge of the single greatest Adelaide Crows podcast. And that is Rob from the Crowcast. Rob, Welcome to Lace Out. Oh, mate, you're very kind. You're very kind. I think we're probably still the number one Adelaide Crows podcast. There's a few of us around, and uh, they're all really good. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, I'm happy to take the mantle. <laughs> look, look, they might be good, and they're probably going to be listening to this, and, and they're going to realise why you are the best after listening to well, this, because you have yeah. all the insights, all the all the knowledge, all the opinions that matter, and it is going to set Adelaide alight with um, how we're going to set this uh, preseason, preseason, or oh, sorry, preseason preview up for for this year too. But look, let's get things started because I, I, I need a bit of a history lesson. We're in Melbourne over here, and we've, 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 you know, every club's a little bit different, and I need to know how does a club, yeah, who makes a grand final in two thousand and seventeen, yeah. Dominating everything up with the power stance and everything. Yeah. And then literally three years later, yeah. end up with a wooden spoon in their back pocket. Yeah. Well, um, it's a very good question, Chris. <laughs> and it took a bloody uh, uh, club review to try and work it out because no other bastard could work it out. We certainly couldn't work it out. Look, I think... Um, I mean, if you go back a few years, uh, we'd assembled a pretty good squad. Um, uh, we'd rejuvenated the club with a new CEO, a new coach, Phil Walsh. Everything was going really well. And, um, you know, and then we had that tragedy in 2015 with Walshy um, sadly mm-hmm. passing away. And, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing for a club to go through. And most people don't realise that that was on the back of Dean Bailey also um, passing away, who was uh, a very valuable member of our coaching staff as well and mentored a lot of players. He'd passed away earlier, uh, like a few months prior. Um, So there was a fair bit going on with the player group, um, you know, and they sealed themselves through 2016 and 2017. And, um, you know, I think... They got to the GF playing some really good footy uh, through 2017. Um, and I just think uh, what we came up with in the end was there was a bit of fragility in the, in the squad. And when things, uh, when things got a bit difficult in that grand final, I, I just think that was their, that was their, their limit. They, they didn't have the mental yep. strength to be able to push through Richmond, really pushing back at them in that game. Um, and I, I just think that was all they had to give, unfortunately. Yeah. And then to top it off, um, someone thought it was a really good idea to go on a pre-season camp, and that just took it to another level in itself too. Now, being yeah. being a Melbourne supporter, you know, um, we know about our pre-season camps or just, we just don't go on them. <laughs> Um, and I also can definitely relate to the Dean Bailey side of things too as well too because even though – he was one of our coaches. Um, just the way that when, if you can, if anyone can have a chance, Adelaide people or anyone listening to this, go and see his press conference when he resigned from Melbourne. Oh yeah, that was the true integrity of the class man act. as well too. He just he, he exactly a class act, and some people could definitely take a page out of his book. So yeah, 
when you top that off with with the with the way that Phil Walsh, uh, you know, passed away, and just that's just a lot to take on board for a single football club. And you're right, it, it's it, you know, emotion can take you so far, but can also bring you down pretty quick as well, too. Yeah, I look. You know, you can look for a whole bunch of excuses, and that camp. I mean, the camp's been done to death. It's been overblown in certain sections of the media. Blokes like McClure and all that have got a fair run out of it. Um, but there was some substance to it in terms of uh, dividing the player group. I th- it was a really bad read, I think, by by the staff um, yep. in terms of where the squad was mentally. Um, but and people have played it, paid a price with their career. So I mean, uh, we've lost our, we lost our coach, we lost our footy director. You know, uh, we've basically turned over our entire coaching staff now. Um, mm. And it, it, in many respects, that was the beginning, beginning of the end of that core group of pe- people, players and coaches and administrators. Um, and uh, you know, to segue into to what we're going to talk about in a moment, mm. despite the adversity, has actually left the club in a really good position because everything is fresh and there's a lot of um, optimism around now in terms of where the Crows are heading over the next three to five years. Yeah. Well, if we have a look at last year, just to sort of, you know, tops and tails, the whole thing, you know, you had a, a three and 14 record. Um, did end up 18th on the ladder. Uh, Riley O'Brien took out your best and first, which was a, a, a great result. Yeah. Matthew Nix had his first season, and it was a really – you couldn't have asked for a more challenging first season oh, for God, a, yeah. a senior coach on a number of facets from a from a team perspective, but everything to do with the COVID side of things. That's just another layer of complexity that he had to deal with. Yep. But it almost looked like when the season finished, it was almost, I would say, I reckon Adelaide would have loved another five weeks of footy, I reckon, towards the end because they just seemed to get that little bit of momentum, get some wins on the board, had some cohesiveness around them, and then unfortunately it just got just got to the end of the season. Look, you know, it was interesting. I, I, in one respect, I agree with you because I think the results were starting to come in terms of, uh, you know, um, wanting to keep the season going but I think the the squad in general was probably cooked by the end of it we had a lot of young kids um, through the squad uh, during the year um, but they all showed something you know and there were blokes that a lot of people were on the fence about and starting to lose faith in like say an Elliot Himmelberg who really turned a corner um, in the second half of that season and presented themselves as as AFL quality so you, you did set right um we got better as the season went on and um, thankfully the club followed it up with a really good off-season, notwithstanding losing Brad Crouch, which, you know, I, I personally don't mind. Some Crows fans wouldn't have liked that outcome. But uh, the the way we conducted ourselves through the trade period and the picks that we picked up during the, uh, during the draft, um, if you had a look, I don't know whether you, you probably didn't see the internal trial footage that... Uh, we had last week, but there's some fantastic talent that we got picked that that picked up uh, in last year's draft. So it's all very positive. And I think that's the thing that we need to look at. Like if you look at the last, you know, you had you had you lost um, what was it, 13 games on the trot, and then you yeah. go and beat Hawthorne, GWS, and Carlton in the space of a three-week window, and then you go down, obviously to a rampaging Richmond, but only by Oh, less than less than 
less than eight goals, which yeah. is which is not too bad because they were really picking up steam towards yep. the end of the year. But, Absolutely. But you know, I think one of the good things to come out of it is he, is exactly right. You did you did lose Crouch, uh, you lost Rory Atkins as well to Cole Harding, and obviously um, all left because of free agency. Yep. No trades came into the club, which is the second. That's the second club that I've spoken to so far. I think the other one being. Fremantle didn't actually bring anybody in from a free agency perspective. Yeah. So that's okay if you're going to do that. But what you really did, you, you smashed the draft. Well, yeah, let's be frank. Did. You absolutely smashed it. Like You were stiff not to get the, the number one draft pick uh, just due to the whole uh, academy bidding and all yeah. that sort of stuff too. And that's good to see that that now has stopped for the next year because uh, Jamal Ugal, can't remember the last name, would have Hugo been Hagen, a really nice fit for you. Yeah, yeah. Hugo Hagen. But you picked up an absolute ripper in Rolly Thorpe um, yep. at number two. Yep. You got um, Luke uh, Pedler at 11. You got uh, Baden Cook at 25. Sam Berry at 28. Yeah. So there's four ripping kids in the top 30. Yeah. James Rowell, 38. And then you also picked up Jackson Haitley as, as a rookie as yep. well. And for the first time in a long time, you had seven top 30 picks in the last three years. Yeah. So it's okay to have people leave, but to get some quality youth through the club is that's that's what you want to see. You need, especially when you're low. Well, we you need a, a new coach, new kids. Yeah, you're able to generate a, a cohesiveness amongst that entire unit, which is really good. Well, we needed to, Chris, because um, you know uh, Hamish Ogilvie is is fairly well regarded in recruiting circles, but he'd probably. Had a few misses over the last couple of years. Uh, we had a, a, a draft that included um, um, a, a couple of lads that were questionable as first round picks. You know, yep. um, uh, Ned McHenry and uh, shit um, Jones. <laughs> Jones uh, have kind of struggled to uh, make any sort of um, impact. So impact. Far. Yep. You know and. Uh, Darcy Fogarty is another who we picked up with a first rounder a few years ago and had struggled to find his feet. Um, yeah, you know, I, Jordan Gallucci I, I, and Miles Paholke are a couple that are now no longer on our list. Um, so he had a few misses, and at, as a consequence, we were a bit thin in youthful talent. Um, and and it, it was a concern because we weren't able to regenerate. We brought in Harry Schomburg last year, who was a real good find. Will Hamill, Lockie Scholl, obviously won a rising star nom. Um, you know, uh, so we finally started to see Shane McAdam uh, through a, a trade situation with uh, Carlton. Finally started to see some youth coming through that we hadn't really seen in the previous years. And it because of that, we weren't able previously to regenerate our midfield and our key positions because we just didn't have the talent coming through. Yeah, and, and, and you are exactly right with that. So if you did go back to 2018, you had Chase Jones, who's played 23 games since he started. Yeah. Ned McHenry's only played eight. Will Hamill's only played eight. Lachlan Scholl's only played eight. And there's a couple others after that that yeah. really haven't made much of an impact. That's 2019, right. very, very – actually, it's even worse. Like Fisher McKeezy, or McKeezy who was your McKeezy, top picket. Yeah. Pick yeah. six, yeah, he's picked, he's played 10. Schellenberg picked eight, but then Josh Worrell, zero. Ryan, Ryan and O'Connor, zero. Lachlan Gollins, zero. Ben Keyes, who you picked up as a rookie, played the most out of that yeah. lot yeah. as well. And yeah. so it, it is good that you've gone that, that route, but they're, they're, they're more quality picks too because 
you know, that one of the things that I was going to ask is one of the danger points that I saw is it's okay having a lot of youth, but you know, you've got 11 players on your list that have played 100 games. Nine of those are over 28 years of age. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that is the concern. That is the concern. And they're not, the concern. And some of them you'd probably say are no longer playing at their peak either. Um, you know, there's real mm. concerns over Tex Walker. There's concerns over Rory Sloan. Uh, Daniel Talia is rock solid, but um, starting to waver physically. Um, yep. You know, Matty Crouch is still performing uh, well, but can be a little bit fragile through the hamstrings and soft tissues and that sort of stuff. So our older players really are starting to fall off a cliff a little bit. Um, and that's yep. why it was so critical that we nailed last year's draft, because if we went through another draft with a few busts, um, you know, that, that could have set us back another two or three years. And, and you can't afford to have that because as you can see though, but there's other teams that have gone down the, the youth route and it mm. can bounce back pretty quickly. But you, the thing with the kids though, they need to have that support around them. And it, it sort of looks like at the moment they might have to, it's just hard to say it, bide their time for a year because they don't have a large number of those bigger bodies at that sort of, what would I say, 100 to 150 game range to That's protect right. them as, as many other clubs would have probably maybe an extra five to ten of those on their list yeah. where think, kids are going to have to be, yeah. I think, though, if you look historically at the premiers over the last decade or so or even longer, 15 years, most of those teams have brought in a group of players either through consecutive drafts or through some yep. good father-sons or what have you and formed a nucleus over one or two years. Exactly and right. they've all come up together. They've all gone through the highs and lows together. They've melted as a team. They've had a consistency with their coaching staff. You know, not a lot of coaching changes in those premiership teams. Um, and, you know, a, a team like, for example, Western Bulldogs had two fantastic drafts um, and brought in Luke Beveridge and it got him a flag. You know, uh, the Cats had a great stretch of uh, father-sons as well as drafting. You know, Hawthorne had a great oh. um, uh, couple of seasons in the draft and then just were able to keep topping up their list with good plug-in players, you know. They so nailed the those cro- trade periods. Yes, exactly right. exactly. So I think that's where the Crows are now. We're at the beginning of that cycle. Um, and for, it's the first time in our history that we've bottomed out. We we have traditionally been... It's actually a, a fair point, though. We've never bottomed out before. I think our lowest finish may have been 14th prior to that, but we've always been a team that has tried to be competitive and strive to make the eight. And unfortunately, you end up being stuck in that cycle where your squad's not quite good enough uh, to go to that next level but doesn't have enough currency at the trade or draft table to be able to regenerate the list enough to be able to push up. So blessing in disguise last year um, to enable us, as you say, to have all those picks in the top 30 and to be able to really stock up and also for the recruiting staff to be able to nail the picks that they, that they, that they had. And I'll tell you what, you are a man who knows his football club. You are exactly right. I've just had a bit of a look up while you've been having a bit of a chin wag there, my friend. And, you haven't finished lower than 14th in the entire history back in 1991. So we're talking 30 years of the Crows. That's right. That's not a bad, that's not a bad place to be and to not bottom out. It's almost, it's almost a bit of the, and I said this to um, 
to Ross on the North Talk podcast. They've been that sort of sat around the middle, so they don't get high draft picks. Yeah. Um, but they don't bottom out, but they don't get enough to sort of go further. They, they're sort of stuck in no man's land. Yeah. So you either take the big jump like Geelong have almost done this year and put all the eggs in one basket, yeah. or you need to sort of all right, flush out what we want to get rid of and build it up again. And that's what you've done this year. And I think that's a great decision that you've made. Well, the biggest example of that is West Coast. If you have a look at their standings, they very rarely finish middle of the road. The amount of times that they've had a couple of lean years in between being really competitive and being flag contenders, um, you you won't see West Coast finish 12th. You know, they'll either finish top four or six or they'll finish bottom four. Um, and as a Yeah, they're the opposite, aren't they? It's either yeah. tops or tails. There's none of this in the middle sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and so they can That's bounce a- back real quick because they are able to get all that talent through. And we've been the opposite, and I think it's been detrimental to us, to be honest. Yeah, they're, you're exactly right. They're consistently playing finals or they're at the bottom. They don't yeah. sort of miss by a game or two. They're just, we're either we're doing well or we're just falling yeah, apart. We're, the we're not interested, yeah. Exactly right, exactly right. Now, you mentioned earlier... Uh, one of the players who won't be there next year is Brad Crouch. Yep. Uh, how much of an impact is it going to have on season 2021 not having him there as a support? Now, once again, from your perspective, I would love to hear what your perspective is um, on this because it could be different to what other people might think. It will be different to what other people think. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been a Brad Crouch fan for the last couple of years um, and to my detriment, really in terms of uh, how my listeners feel about me and my fellow podcasters feel about me. Um, But I look, Brad's had an unfortunate career because he was an absolute gun as a 17, 18-year-old. You know, uh, he came to South Australia in that funny little mini-draft thing that happened with GWS Yes, um, yep. Pl- played a season at West Adelaide and, and really, you know, started to come on. And unfortunately, just had terrible luck with soft tissues. And it coincided with a change in the Crows fitness staff that was, probably didn't do him any favours. But yep. as, as a result, he no longer has that burst speed, which has turned him into a bit of a um, an in and under. You'll notice that Brad's best games are when he's playing inside getting the nut and dishing it out but he unfortunately that's not the player that we wanted out of brad and we ended up with a lot of inside players we had uh his brother matt we had hugh greenwood we had cam ellisey olman all those inside grunt players and we had no class on the outside uh which is what brad was really you know picked for as being that class yeah inside out sort of player so um you know, I think I hope he has a really good um, back end of his career. Uh, I really do. I think St Kilda's not a bad choice for him, um, and I think he'll be uh, if he gets the right medical support with his hamstrings. I think he'll do pretty well. Um, but yeah. I think in terms of the way our squad looks and what we needed, I think it's a win-win outcome um, for yeah, the Crows. You, what did you What did you get for him? From a trade perspective, or was it a free got, agent? We only got um, uh, top of second round, which a lot of people were very disappointed about. Mm-hmm. Very disappointed about. Um, 
and the club didn't really I, you know we could we could have a 20 minute discussion on how the club handled that <laughs> um, you know they showed their cards way too early and in the end they didn't have any bargaining power and they had to take what they were given basically yep. um, but you know we ended yeah, up getting I, sorry. we ended up getting good players out of it so you know um, not all was lost well, you just mentioned about the club itself. We've, we'll get onto the on-field stuff in just a moment because there's lots of lots of little things, you know, getting the eyes excited for for twenty twenty one as we move in. But yeah. generally, are you happy with the the off-field, the administrative side of things of the club? Because normally, with for an excess, a successful club, and we've seen this probably with Richmond as a, you know, the the A one, the apex at the moment. That if you can get your off-field side of things. Um, solid, working together, all going in the same direction. It tends to feel to the uh, move into the on-field side of things as well. Uh, yeah, you know, Mark Rusciuto's seemed to have been there for quite a long time now, etc. What's your, what's the general feeling over there about the administrative side of things for Adelaide? Oh, look, I mean, I, I think they completely messed up their footy department. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. They brought in a couple of blokes, um, uh, probably recklessly. Uh, Brett Burton was brought in initially as a head of fitness, um, mm-hmm. obviously an ex-Crows player, very close to Martin Shudo, but had basically failed at Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane went through a very bad patch uh, in oh, terms yeah. of results and also um, medically under his watch. Um, but uh, Rusciuto saw fit to bring him in as head, as head of fitness, and that also coincided with us starting to have a very bad run with soft tissue injuries yep. and Brad Crouch was a classic there mm-hmm. um, yep. not only that um, Brett brought Matt Haas with him uh, from Brisbane so we, yep. we basically uh, got rid of a guy called Nick Poulos who's now um, you know national rugby sevens <laughs> fitness coordinator like he's Nick Nick was fantastic he's gone up in the world yeah. and you've gone backwards yeah and we and we got oh. Brett and Matt and nothing against those blokes personally um, we've said plenty about those two blokes, so I won't <laughs> that. <laughs> no, I haven't heard it. <laughs> but see, following that, um, uh, Brett Burton was uh, promoted to footy director, general manager, footy ops. No background. The only background he'd had administratively was the AFLPA president, which is more or less an honorary sort of thing. So... We really struggled, and it, it, it's, it smacked of jobs for the boys. It smacked of trying to cut corners in terms of um, footy club spend. And when you talk about, you know, what happened after 2017, those factors uh, played a massive part. I mean, Brett Burton was the one who, along with Don Pike, um, came up with a camp idea and sourced collective minds who were really rank amateurs in that space, um, and, and it showed. Um, you know, and they did a lot of damage to the club as a consequence. And Jason yep. Dunstall's review at the end of uh, uh, 2019 uh, and what's happened since then, we've lost uh, Brett Burton, or Brett Burton's been given, shown the door. Uh, Donnie Pyatt was shown the door. Uh, our um, senior assistant, Scott Campriali, left after 10,000 years as senior assistant uh, Mm -hmm. which many people were happy about so you know uh, am I happy with the club I'm happy with the club now Um, yeah no that's fair enough but you're allowed to be happy and I think yeah 
In 2019, we generated a, a, a petition um, because we were so unhappy with the club um, that was part of the reason why the club initiated their review because it us, along with other podcasts and just the general Crows public, had just become so disillusioned with the way things were being run that uh, we uh, it was a show of people power. We did force change collectively. So. But you know what? When, when and, and this is the thing that, you know, on my biggest critique when it comes to the AFL, and you know, I've said this many times to, on our lace on the lace out podcast, is that I'm so disillusioned with the AFL where they just take the members for granted. I, oh, I believe gotcha. I just think that they're doing it in so many different ways. You know, they're changing rules for no apparent reason. They make no sense in what they do, etc. It's almost. We're, we're, you know, they want us for our revenue, but that's about it. They yeah. don't care for our opinion. And so to hear that a collective, not just yourself, but other podcast people over there have said, no, we're not standing for this anymore. And we've seen it through history. The dogs did it. Uh, Richmond got through it. Melbourne and Hawthorne through the merger yep. where people power has stuck thin, even from the Swans when they were going to bring in Terry Wallace and they decided to, okay, no, we're going to go with Paul Roos. Yeah. People power will ultimately um, sway things. And for that to occur, I, I genuinely think that you are on the right path. You, you, unfortunately, you're right. It sucks. You have to go through the crap at times. Yeah. But if that's what you have to go through to see the light, then you know what? This is going to be the light. So let's have a look at this. Okay. So for 2021, what excites you though? So looking at your list, I can see the smile on your face now because I can see the video. Yeah. Uh, we want to talk about the good things because the, the, the history's gone. All right. We can only focus on the future. So who's getting you a little bit excited about um, who, where do you think the improvement's going to come from this year? Well, uh, the, our midfield excites me. Uh, we've still got some old stages. We've moved Rory Laird into the midfield last year to great effect, and many would say overdue. Uh, he was growing very stagnant across half-back, and he had a new lease of life um, running through the midfield. But it's the young lads. Harry Schoenberg um, could be anything. In my, it, I'm willing to put my neck on the line and say that he's a future Brownlow medal prospect. Um, he's an absolute bull. Um, he's toned up, uh, got rid of all his puppy fat. Uh, he may have, you know, uh, sophomore blues this year. It's his second season. You know how players struggle. But I think over the long term, Harry Schoenberg is going to be a premier midfielder in the competition. Um, nice. He really excites me. Um, Lockie Scholl, uh, really silky player. Uh, we've started him off half back, but I th suspect he'll end up playing... Uh, a lot of time on the wing and through the midfield for us. Uh, fantastic foot skills. Uh, plays uh, tall for his size. Needs to bulk up a bit, but a bit of silk. Um, we picked up Luke Pedler through the draft uh, last season. Now, Luke Pedler was ex was uh, Prince Alfred College um, first 18 captain. Blew under the radar of a lot of people, but he is mm -hmm. an absolute bull, an absolute bull. Uh, Luke Hodge like I would I would compare him to. Uh, you hope may, so. Maybe not yet the foot skills of Hodgie, but certainly his ability to get the ball and his ability to assert himself is very reminiscent. So, and there's a Sam Berry has done has done really well since his, uh, um, you know, in in preseason training and in the internal trial last week. Uh, Elliot Himmelberg up forward has really started to show himself as someone who can maybe make 
centre-half forward his own. Um, but I think the the biggest excitement for me, Chris, is a bloke that probably no one over there has seen, who I'm happy to say initially I didn't think we'd take with our second pick. I thought we'd take um, Logan McDonald. Mm-hmm. But Riley Thilthorpe played on the yes. wing in the internal trial. This guy is over 200 centimetres. Um, and you would... Not that he did a huge amount. Uh, boy can run. Young, young kid. But there were times where you're watching this kid play and you think, who's this midfielder? Then you realise he's our 200-plus centimetre forward. He's small for a midfielder at 200 centimetres these days. Dude, <laughs> this guy below his knees is fantastic. He 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 yeah. doesn't play like he he's uh, a, reminds me of um, uh, Ben King in terms of his Ooh. mobility and his ability overhead, um, but also his work at ground level. He's going to be something special, and I've I hope so. eaten a bit of humble pie on him because I didn't think we'd take him, but having yeah. seen him since, um, I can see that he's going to be something special. Humble pie is tasty. We've all, we've all had a slice of humble pie over the years. Absolutely. That's the best part about oh, this job. But it's even better when you get that. to. Oh, but it's even better when you get to serve it up to somebody else <laughs> yeah, as well. That's too. Right. But no, but that's but that's good. There is some genuine. And you know what? I, I I my other one that I'd be looking at is is Matthew Nix as well too. It was like we said towards the end of the the towards the end of the year he was really starting to get. You could see the game plan coming together. They were really starting to play for each other. And now they've got another full preseason with another bunch of young kids coming through. That's, that's going to make a young coach excited and it's going to make a young list excited. Well, and that's, and that's what you want. Chris, a lot of, a lot of people overlook the fact that Nick's has come in as a first year head coach into a team that is shit. And then he gets COVID. (laughs) Um, he doesn't get COVID personally, but he has to deal with COVID. So the club is running on the smell of an oily rag. You know, we've got two... So we got the shit list twice, basically. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, since since that, since that the end of last season, we've brought on Scotty Burns, we've brought on James Raleigh from uh, Geelong, um, someone else that escaped, name escapes me right now. But all of a sudden, we've got a quality um, assistant coaching panel behind him. Um he grew as a coach, I think, as the players started to gel and buy in towards the end of the season, as you pointed out earlier, with regards to results. And uh, certainly in the internal trials and, in, and the feedback that we've had from pre-season match sim and all the rest of it, everyone has bought in to what Nixie has put on the table. Um, yep. And, you know, with blokes like Scotty Burns uh, and James Riley backing him up, um, there's some... There's all of a sudden we've gone from the worst, most inexperienced assistant coaching panel, coaching panel in general, to one yep. that's got a massive amount of experience, both playing and also coaching. So, well, another two that you and another one you've got also there is your Nathan Van Burlo, who's moved exactly. into the midfield that's coach. A, that's who I was. And an, of. and if you want to take it one step further, you can't ask for anyone better to be teaching the rucks a little bit of craft as Matthew Clark. Exactly. Who ended up playing over 250 games for Brisbane, Adelaide, and St Kilda? So, well, and has coached two AFLW premierships. Man knows his stuff too. So it's just it's a, it's a nice group to be together as well too. So Absolutely, it, it, it's exciting things. It is really exciting. So, all right, if we if we if we flip it around to the other way, where are the concerns? What sort of where is that? 
you know, what's the elephant in the room or where's that where you're looking to the side going, oh, crikey, I can see that, but I don't want to acknowledge it. What's- I, I think I think we might struggle defensively this year. We lost Kyle Hardigan um, at the end of last season. Um, yep. Daniel Talia is, is rock solid. Many say probably should be the captain of the club, um, but he at times, at times can be a little bit fragile. He's struggling with injury at the moment. Um, and the stocks get a little bit thin after that. We've got uh, uh, Fisher Mackesy, um, who has shown little bits and pieces, um, but may have to step up this year. Another lad, Jordan Butts, um, who um, looks, pardon me, looks good, but has had limited opportunities. So he's also very inexperienced. Um, our medium defenders look okay. We've got uh, Tom Diday when he's fit, uh, who is a champion in the making. Um, Jake Kelly is like solid. Uh, you know, we, we've got Brody Smith running off halfback. We've got Wayne Miller looking really good, who run off halfback and through the midfield. We've got young lad Will Hamill. We've got Lockie Gallant. Um, um, a few other youngsters that can run through there. But our our tall defender stocks have me worried, uh, particularly if we lose Daniel Talia at stages during the season. So you might see. Well, you might get stretched. Yeah. You might see the the clubs playing two tools um, or three tools, like a Geelong say with bloody Cameron and um, uh, and Hawkins. Uh, that, that's going to stretch us. That sort of that's going to stretch sort of Not just you. I reckon there's going to be a, a few clubs being stretched yeah. by those two. Let, let's, let's let's call a spade a spade. I think there's going to be another whew, uh, seventeen clubs that are going to find that combination a little bit difficult. Could you imagine when you're rocking down to that back line and? You're thinking, oh, fantastic! I've got the second. I've got the second best <laughs> yeah, forward this year. That's right. And then now it's like I've got the second best forward. Shoot, I've got to pick up Cameron. Ah, uh, oh, yeah. you take Cameron. I'll take. Oh, hold on. No, you take. Oh, yeah. Um, who's the third? Or oh, Twang? I've got an injury. It's yeah. it's going to be a well, challenge. The third's it's Radigalia probably, and he's no slouch. Oh, <laughs> It's just getting worse. Yeah. I'll take Brian. I'll take um, Brady, Gary Brian Myers or whatever. Yeah. I'll take the guy with the dreadlocks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, now, uh, so you mentioned who your breakout star is going to be, yeah. um, which you said. Um, Harry Schoenberg. Uh, and Phil Thropp as well yeah. too. Yeah. Who do you think is going into their last season potentially with the club? Look, I, I think it's, I think most people would agree that Tex uh is the writings on the wall for Tex. He's presented really fit. So I don't think in Tex's mind he's ready to retire. Um, and, you know, he looked all right in the preseason. But, I, look, to be honest with you, I think at some stage the club is just going to have to make a call on Tex because we've got young players uh, that we really need to get. The, the player that has suffered most by Tex's longevity, I guess, is Darcy Fogarty because they're mm. quite similar players. Um, they're... You know, they're lead-up players, they're hustle-and-bustle players, they both got beautiful long kicks. They play very similar roles in that in that forward uh, line. And when Tex and Darcy are playing in the same team, Darcy's the one that looks lost, obviously because Tex being an ex-captain... He's playing his spot. ...more assertive and yeah. all the rest of it. So, you know, whether by injury or design, I think uh, this might be Tex's swan song this year. Um, and, you know... Tex Walker has been incredibly unlucky because he got that knee injury against Carlton back when he was just starting to look like an absolute champion. And agility-wise and his ability to, to, to leap and, and change direction has never been the same since. And whilst he's still... That knee injury... Player, 
that that knee injury wasn't what stuffed his career up. Let's be honest. As soon as he got rid of that mullet, as soon as Samson <laughs> shaved it, that's true. That stuffed everything up. That's you just true. don't do things like that. that that's true. It's like oh, changing your lucky pair call. of jocks. It's, it's a like, very fair call. Yeah, no, that mullet was. That was one of the best. Yeah, and yeah. then he got rid of it, and it's like, no, no, yeah. you don't do that. It was it was like taking uh, the the spoiler on a Formula One car. It's just not going to handle the same. It, 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 it literally was the thing out the back. So you you've actually got that right. The back he took off his back spoiler and just threw all the aerodynamics out of it completely That's altogether. It. That's it. Um, so where do you see where do you see the crows finishing up at the end of the year? Um, Position wise on the ladder, where do you, where do you put them? Look, I think we'll be a very competitive 14 to 16. Um, I don't want us to finish too high because there's a couple of lads in the draft coming up next year that I really like the look of. <laughs> Um, if you want to know how to tank, mate, come and see my club. Yeah, we'll be able to help right. you out with yeah, that. Well, I'll exactly. give you some tips on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we caught the bloody, uh, we caught the penalty for that. Poor old Bowers got suspended. Oh, that was, <laughs> Once he the was whole with thing us. was a farce, mate. It was mate. a farce. But yeah, 14 to 16, I think. Um, yep. But with some really promising performance. I think we'll get blown off the park a few times because of our defence. Um, yep. And depending on how blokes stand up in the midfield there'll be times where we just won't be able to match it for class because you know lads have been on the on the part for five minutes so but yep. I think exactly uh, right there'll, there'll be certain matchups um during the season certain teams that we match up well with um and I think you'll see a certain style of play and you'll see some individual brilliance I guess at times that will just make you think yeah they're on their way up yeah, because if you look at the bottom six from last year's ladder, you've got yourself, North, Sydney, Hawthorne, Gold Coast, Bombers, yeah. right? Probably even could throw Fremantle or maybe, yeah, Fremantle yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you put the Crows against any of those teams, oh, I can't see anyone absolutely dominating you because they're all going through similar sort of things. North are going through similar sort of things. Sydney, I just don't – once again, they just keep doing what they're doing. I, I, they're just an anomaly up there. Yeah, I don't know. Hawthorne, Hawthorne, I reckon, will go down even further than 15th. I think they're really getting long in the tooth of that top end. Yeah. Uh, Gold Coast are, the, are going to be the opposite. I think they might actually surprise a few and maybe climb a little bit. Climb a little bit. Been, I have been riding the Suns for three seasons going, nah, this season they've got a great squad, they're young, they've got a good coach now, all the rest of it, and they just keep bending me over and saying, no, not this year. Um, no, nah, I, I, I think the you. difference, yeah, I think the difference, though, with them in the last couple of years, Stewie Jews played a lot of the kids. Yeah. There's actually players who have wanted to go there to play football, not just get a retirement check. Yeah, yeah. They've picked up some absolute stunners in the last couple of years. King, um, Anderson, Rao. You gotta think you gotta think Rao Rao will be another draft pick for them because oh, he only played three games last right. year. Yeah. Yeah. So People he's forgotten about Matty Rao. He's an yeah, absolute uh, star. He's a star. He, uh, it's, it's been put previously there hasn't been a footballer since almost Chris Judd who's come out of the, the junior series and being able to dominate games. Out of the blocks, yeah. Out of the blocks. And he's he's just got a, he's got a man's body and a man's mind yeah. uh, at such a young age. Yeah. So if you can go 14 to 16, that's going to be a massive result, especially as the wonderful champion data have ranked your draw the second hardest yes. out there. So you Which finish is- 18th and you get the eight. 
I don't How understand how that works. I thought the I thought the AFL fixture was supposed to be in three segments to make uh, it a bit more. Yeah, equal. it's the the haves. Yeah, the have-nots and yeah. the ones that we don't really worry the about. Basket That's, cases <laughs> and the basket cases, and so they. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, but that makes absolutely no sense. How a team who's 18th should almost have the eight, the, the first easy draw, if that makes yeah, sense, and yeah. the other way, but it doesn't work that way. But no. we know, that, and, and that's what I really loved about the footy last year. It was 17 rounds. You played each other one. It was the fairest draw that we've had. Yeah. And I, I like people who go, I want 22 rounds. It's never going to be fair where yeah. a team can play you guys twice in all respect. Uh, but then you'll have someone like St Kilda who has to play Port, Brisbane, as an example, Richmond twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah how does it work? It, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. So I think why I really liked last year is that every game really meant something. I'd like to see that stay. I was actually um, kind of hoping that of they got the – they realised that the rolling fixture with five-day breaks would actually allow them to do uh, 32 rounds if they really wanted to yep. and play every team twice. Mm-hmm. Because, like, 30, 34, like 30, yeah, 34 rounds, 30 exactly right, yeah. Um, because clubs can have shown that they can come up in five days. You know, Yeah, they can. It's probably the third game, though, third or fourth one after that that they really start to struggle. If they're going to do that, though, they need to, they need to make the lists bigger. Bigger, exactly. I agree with they that. They need to make the list bigger. They don't want to do that. They're trying to bring them back. Yeah. Um, well, but, and, yeah, I think – and just get rid of all the preseason games. Hmm. Just get rid of them and just look. I think that there's some appetite for it, but once again, the AFLPA would be just like, no, nah, either yeah, that's right. it's, it's too much on the players or you need to pay us more money. Yeah, no, it's I not going to happen as well. All right, a couple other little things before I get your final opinion on um, the rest of the comp. Uh, Rory Sloan, where do you see him going this year? Because uh-huh. he's had a he's had a couple of rough ones as well, a little bit similar to Tex. Yeah, uh, captain of the club. Yeah. Sloane's really you- um he's struggled since we lost Dangerfield because I think you know uh, Rory's strengths were gut running um and the ability to get on the outside and really hurt um teams as well as his ability to get his own ball but that's a lot easier when you when you're playing second fiddle to Patrick Dangerfield who's just an absolute ball. And I think the expectations on Sloney were probably a little bit high um, because I just don't think he's the type of player. He's when you, when you talk about Sloney, you talk about guts. You don't talk about class. And I think yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. He was he was too easily tagged out um, and blanketed. And I think where we'll see Sloney hopefully this year is playing more outside. Chuck him on a wing. Chuck run him off half back maybe throw him up forward because he's very good overhead. Um, I would What hope... about half-back? Do you reckon you could play him off half-back? Yep, absolutely. I would have Rotate him, him through half-back? I would have him maybe running around, swapping around with, say, a Brody Smith um, yep. and, you know, little cameos up forward. If they continue nice. to try and play him as the premier midfielder, uh, it's going to shorten his career and we're not going to get anything out of him. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Nick's plays him. Yeah, I think he, I think clubs nowadays have to be a bit realistic with the players and the players need to be more realistic as well and yeah. say, listen, this is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not your first class. Like, you know, Maverick had to have Iceman yeah. as his wingman. Yeah. You know, he had to have danger. Now that danger's gone, he's like, well, all the pressure's on me I'm now. Sure Maverick had that, that compounds. 
Yeah, but unfortunately, Goose passed away halfway through the movie, and then when they had to fight oh, the Russians right. yeah, and so that's forth, right. yeah, no, I'll never you. leave my wingman. He made that mistake early, and so I'm with you. yeah, I'm with you. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll find out in the next instalment, which is coming out, Top Gun Maverick will be out at all your favourite cinemas and streaming locations uh, in the upcoming months as well. well all right, yeah. so let's let, let's take out let's take the crow's hat off. Who do you think is going to be the premier for 2021? If you've had a look at the the sort of the the framing from last year, moving into this year, who do you think is going to take out the title at the end of the year well you know um the head says richmond are going to continue on their merry way because they haven't really lost anything um but it makes you wonder whether they're just going to implode a little bit with the uh, backroom stuff that's going on um you know whether they can survive the the social stuff with dimmer and all his toing and froing and a few other little bits and pieces yeah I, th- I still think they're they're the number one team in the comp uh, when they're on, yep. they are. Unsung. When they're on, they're on. Exactly right. It'll be a matter, of, but you know, uh, Brisbane, I think, are the smoky. Uh, I think um, the Lions showed a bit. I think they've lost a bit by, even though he's not coach. I think they lost a bit that club by losing David Noble to the Kangaroos. I think certainly he's underrated, David Noble. Um, certainly, outside of you know those in the know, but. I think the Lions have got a really talented list, and I, I, they would, they probably played their GF in the preliminary last year. Yeah. Um, and that was them done. But, um, uh, you know, uh, and then probably Geelong, the third one, just through talent. Like, we're waiting for Geelong to fall off the cliff. Oh, we, and we just want them to fall off that cliff. I don't rate Chris Scott at all as a coach. I think he's absolute shit as a coach. I. I get you. I tell you this, mate. Jump onto the Geelong episode of this, and they don't. They say throughout the year he's fine, but when he gets to finals, almost one trick pony sort of stuff. Yeah, and exactly. If it doesn't work, I've got so, nowhere to turn. Yeah. And, there's you know, too much of a history. They've lost a bit down back as well, so they might be a little bit vulnerable down yeah. back. But if they get the combination of Hawkins and Cameron right, and they get another year out of Dangerfield like last year, and Selwood can keep going, etc., etc. Um, they've just got to be around the mark just on talent alone. So I think it's going to be out of those three. That's my feel. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I definitely look at the Brisbane side of things where, you know, where uh, Sloan lost his wingman, Hip, Hipwood got a wingman yeah. in Joe Danaher. Now, if Joe Danaher can be fit and yeah. he takes the main mantle, Hipwood now rolls around on the second best and allows him to play more of a freer game too. So I just, I really, I really hope that, that Brisbane, and, and that would just show that you can beat your bottom, everybody leaves, and if you get the right people at the club, you can turn things around really quickly and turn yourself into a destination. And, and, and that's what I really hope that Adelaide go around. Because, look, let's be honest, we're in Melbourne here, and we don't like Adelaide teams. No. But we do like – look, we, we don't like seeing clubs down the bottom. Like, it, if no, I'd rather, I'd rather see another – like, make it Port Adelaide. Don't, don't <laughs> like Port Adelaide. <laughs> I can't because if I don't like Port Adelaide, I will be doing this podcast every week by myself <laughs> and my co-host Jamie will do a runner somewhere else. Um, See, oh, they're all up and about this year. They reckon they've got it. No. I haven't even no, put them in my mate. top four. Nah, don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, who's going to take out a Brownlow, do you think, this year? Yeah. Um, flip a coin. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a midfielder. Forget oh, about the other yeah, ends of the ground. Probably. Um, I reckon Paddy might uh, fire up again. I reckon he might get another one. Hey, nice one. Is that a 
couple of Matt Rouse in there as well too so far. Yes, yeah, he'd be a smoky, but uh, no, yeah, I reckon yeah. I reckon Paddy might have his tail up a bit. Too, oh, I think the way that they finished. Uh, I think the way that they finished off, you know, they could have been they could have been four and a half goals up in that grand final before yeah. half time. Yeah. Um. So th- th- they've got. They've got, and don't forget about Higgins joining that crew as well too. Uh, Isaac Smith on a wing, he'll have plenty of room to run. Yeah, they've, it, like I said, they're putting all the eggs in the basket. Oh, if yeah, they're going, they're going down in a blaze of glory. It's either going to be champagne showers or the house is going to burn down and they're going to have to start from scratch again, probably from a coaching perspective as well. Yeah. And a Coleman, let's have a look at a Coleman perspective because that one is something that sort of slips under the radar. But do you, is there anything that sort of, like, I reckon he might have a standout year if, if everything goes to plan. Jeez, I don't. It's hard these these days. I, you can't go past Josh Kennedy simply because West Coast still play that style of game that makes him a bit of a focal point. You know, you got Richmond; they play their forwards up a lot, so they share the goals around. You could imagine that um, Geelong, with the two blokes there, will share the goals around a bit. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I'll probably go uh, Kennedy again, assuming he All stays. Right. And that's the thing. He's getting, he's getting, he's over thirty now, so he's yeah. he's getting into his twilight years. But he's still, he can still kick his forty, fifty a year. But yeah, it's just, exactly. it's amazing that he got swapped for Chris Judd. Like you just sometimes sit and imagine if he was at Carlton. Like, yeah, yeah. The whole, and look, the last question I'll ask you before we wrap this one up: if there was one rule that you could just either change or get rid of in the AFL, and we're not talking about the man on the mark one because everybody's going to say that one. Yeah. yeah. If there was one rule that you could change or get rid of, and I'll throw this one ad hoc at you right now, yeah, what would it be? Well, I'm going to cheat because I want to give you two. Can I? Oh, give me two. Give I, me two. I want to bring hands in the back back because I think that was the simplest black and white rule for an umpire to judge ever. And now that we've gone back to, oh, yeah, you can put the hands in the back, just don't push, I'm not about it. But if we could just clean up the incorrect disposal... Could we just clean up the incorrect disposal because it drives me crazy how teams like Geelong and Richmond and Western Bulldogs can get away with throwing the ball so much. Last time I checked, it was dropping the ball. Yeah, like incorrect well, that's disposal. what I thought too. But, uh, uh, yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting as you say that because if you have a look at a couple of the scenarios from the women's games on the weekend, there were people not even making contact with the ball. And we're not saying missing it by a mil or two. They're missing it by half a foot yeah. and it was just play on. play on and that's the infuriating yeah. sort of stuff that don't try and change rules just, just get the ones that you've got oh it's an attempt officiate exactly right. the ones that you've got beautiful hey I w- oh excuse me um, Rob, I need to know. So the listeners out here have, have listened to this beautiful season uh, yeah. preview for 2021 and they're sitting back going you know what I listen to a lot of Adelaide Crows podcasts but this guy's got something special about him how <laughs> can I catch up more about the Crow Cup? so tell us Tell the listeners, when can they listen to the Crowcast? How can they find you? Okay, so this year uh, we do a live show uh, streaming on audio and video on Sunday nights at 7.30 Adelaide time. So we stream on YouTube, so you can just uh, search uh, Crowcast on YouTube. You'll find us there. Um, Or if you want to just listen to the audio feed, you can go to our website, aflcrowcast.com. We stream our live audio on our website and also through uh, Spreaker for those people who know what that is. Um, And all of them are available, both video and audio are available on demand, uh, you know, on all the platforms 
all the podcast yep. platforms and YouTube, etc., etc. Um, this year also we'll be posting a bit of extra stuff on YouTube just uh, intermittently during the week too. So, uh, but our main yep. show on the on the Sunday nights at seven thirty is where you catch us. We're on Twitter, AFL Crowcast. We're not really on Facebook anymore, but that's Crowcast as well. So, if you search Crowcast on Google, uh, I'm proud to say that our page rank is awesome. <laughs> bloody so high! Just say bloody us, high. You you'll find us somewhere, um, and uh, yep. yeah, we'd love to we'd love to have as many people along as possible. We also run a oh. Discord server that you can access through our website. Um, if you go to the live chat page on our website, you can hook into our Discord server without even downloading the app. So it's all happening with us. And if you if you want to even take it one step further, listeners, and you, and you want to give these guys a bit of support, they've also got their Patreon page, which I'll have links to as well, that you can um, get on and support them too. Because you know they put the time, they put the effort, they love it for it. Any way that you can help your 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 favourite podcast, look, go ahead and do it. Because um, I can tell you now, we don't do it for the money, we do it for the love of the game, and we do it for the love of our club as well too. Love so work, you can that. support them in any way. Now, just one bad news though, they won't be in any of your record stores. <laughs> <laughs> you can't find them on Disney Plus. Um, there's on no chance of them being on Spotify as well. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be on Netflix. They might have their own Amazon special. That's probably the only place that they haven't been. But look, Rob, you are an absolute star, my friend. Like I said, um, just the way the passion that you have for your club. You've been doing this. Geez, what wouldn't you say? You started uh, this, this in would be year number seven. Yep. You only do it if you love your footy, mate. So it's as simple as that. And so, uh, look, I have one last question I have to ask you, and it's simply this. Rob, from the Crowcast, how do you want your football? I want my football fast and free and open. And open? Yeah, and there's one other way you want it too. Yep. Ah, yeah. I need to have it laced out, mate. He needs to have straight the lace out, out as well, too. Straight out in yeah, front straight of the out. lace out. <laughs> oh, Darren Jarman, lace out. Jarman. We still used to run around saying Jarman oh, yeah. he was a champion. <laughs> That's another conversation for another day. All right, listeners, there's your season 2021 preview with uh, Rob from the Crowcast. Look, enjoy the year. I think you've got plenty of excitement to come um, and just enjoy the football and just give those young guys a bit of patience because you know what? They're doing their best and I know that you'll be there supporting through thick and thin. So enjoy the year and that's it for your um, your season preview. Uh, Chris, Have a great night. Really appreciate you having us on. I'll shout out to Nikki and Macca, my uh, cohorts that couldn't be here, but uh, yeah, we'll certainly be pumping up the Lace Out podcast on our Crowcast as well, mate. So all the best for the season. Oh, no, I really appreciate that, mate. Like I said, um, all us podcasters, we're all doing the, we're all here for each other and, and we love doing it. So it's a, it's a bit of man love going each way. So, you know what, listeners, get on board and more importantly, just enjoy your footy because that's why we do it every single week for you guys. <laughs> all right. Take care and Thanks, um, tune in. All the best. Very good. Cheers, mate. See ya.